When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone and welcome into wake and take it's your boy jason and we have some football to talk about today it's monday so you already know what it means we're going to talk about all the football games that happened this weekend not just sunday since we finally have some saturday games and we've got some good takeaways today so why don't we go ahead and sit back relax sip our coffee and enjoy the show All right, welcome in everyone. As usual on our Monday episodes, we're just going to go game by game by game by game, telling you what you need to know from each game, from each team, and then we're going to answer some questions at the very end as we look forward to Monday Night Football. I hope you all had a great, so far, playoff, first round of your playoffs. I hope you all have advanced or looking like you're going to advance. I know we still got one more game. We'll talk about that for sure. But either way, we're going to go game by game by game by game by game. And the first game. The first game was Saturday's Bengals-Vikings game. It was a pretty good football game. Uh, it's nice having football on a Saturday. Got to say, it's nice having NFL football on a Saturday. Not a huge college football guy. So to be able to turn on the TV and be able to watch some real football on Saturdays, it's nice. It's nice. And uh, the Bengals, they are keeping things going. They are actually now back in the playoffs after this win, winning 27-24. to And it came off the heels of not Jamar Chase, who ended up getting injured. Not Joe Mixon, who had been on fire the last few weeks. It's actually T. Higgins, who looks to be back. T. Higgins finishes the day with 61 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns, and they were fantastic touchdowns as well, trying to earn himself a contract on a new team in 2024. Hopefully, Jamar Chase's injury, as it has been reported so far, is just day-to-day with a shoulder separation. So hopefully he can return next week and the Bengals can make a push to stay in the playoffs for the rest of the season. As Jake Browning has not been too Terrible. Now, of course, the Bengals aren't a Super Bowl team with him, but still seeing them in the playoffs, seeing this Tiger team, it's always cool. Hope Joe Burrow's good. But really, the main Bengals takeaway is how good T. Higgins looked. I know it's only four receptions, but he really did look solid in this game. And it was nice to see those touchdowns grab the game winning touchdown grab where he catches it going out of the end zone. And then while falling, puts his arm back to go over the pylon. It was just, it was spectacular. It was a great heads up football play by him. And to me, that just suggests that he's back. And who is a true NFL back, a true bona fide NFL starting running back, Ty Chandler. Now I know it's one game where he gets the full workload, but my God, we already knew he had a great profile. So we were expecting big things. Named him my start of the week on Friday's episode of The Wake and Take. And what does he do as the bell cow? 23 carries. Amazing. 132 rush yards and a touchdown, as well as three receptions for 25 receiving yards. What a day from Ty Chandler. Alexander Madison is going to have a very tough time getting anything back when he returns from his injury. Ty Chandler 
deserves all the carries. And he looked incredible, explosive, just good. He looked powerful. It was, it was just, he, he's a true NFL back. He is. And I see a question here on TikTok. Is he a viable start this week? Yes, if Alexander Madison is out, and probably yes, if Alexander Madison is playing, because I can't imagine Ty Chandler goes back to being less than 50% opportunity share in this backfield. He is the top dog now. He earned it. This is better than Alexander Madison has looked all season, has looked in the entire tenure of Kevin O'Connell. It's time for Ty Chandler to be the main running back on this team, and I think he will be, and I do think he can be started week in, week out for the rest of the year, uh, even with Alexander Madison back. Now, of course, it's going to come down to what your other options are, but either way, he's looking really good. Definitely a flex piece going forward. And Jordan Addison, and it's funny, Jordan Addison had completely disappeared with Justin Jefferson injured. I mean, not completely disappeared. He still kind of splashed here and there, but definitely hadn't had any of the ceiling games that we saw earlier in the season. Well, one thing to take away here is that Jordan Addison is a true wide receiver too. I love I hate to say it, right, that he can't be a wide receiver one. He's just not, and that's fine. When Justin Jefferson is on the field, he has balled and been a really good complimentary piece. And in this game, with Nick Mullen's first start, might I add, last week he came in in relief, but this was the first time that, you know, prepared to be the starter this week, worked with the team. Jordan Addison's the leading receiver. And not just leading receiver in a small way six receptions for 111 yards and two touchdowns it was an insane game from Jordan Addison and I think that you can come to expect that for the rest of the season with Justin Jefferson active and what's awesome about this is Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson both had okay games now of course they didn't have stealing games but still Justin Jefferson for seven receptions and 84 yards really good and TJ Hawkinson six receptions for 63 yards Really good, especially in tight end premium. You can't complain about those days. And it's nice to see that all three of these people can still feed, especially with a new quarterback, Nick Mullins at the helm, who looked just fine as well. So this Vikings team, gone on a tumble a little bit, but still looking like they can eke into the playoffs, just maybe. And at the very least, Ty Chandler, Jordan Addison, Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, all probably startable options rest of season. And I see some comments here before we move on. Uh, to the next game let's just see I'm gonna try to do this a bit more see your comments about this game and then move on so what if what did he Higgins come back from can't be from the injury um no I'm just saying like he hadn't seemed like himself really this season at all and I'm just going back to last year to be completely honest with you last year T Higgins was the one who gave the hit um to oh my god what was his name Damar Hamlin Damar Hamlin and kind of T Higgins looked like he had been in his head since then had it had as much ceiling, hadn't had as much dog in him. But I think in this game, especially since he was asked to do so much in Jamar Chase's absence when he went down with his injury, you know, T. Higgins came out and he balled. He was asked to be a wide receiver one, and he was. And that, to me, is just special. I love to see it. And, yes, he was hamstrung as well, as the positive grouch points out. The next football game we had is Colts-Steelers. And my first takeaway from this one is the fact that Gardner Minshew needs to be a starting quarterback somewhere. I do not want to see him backing up Anthony Richardson next year on the Colts. Is that a bad gig? No. Backup quarterbacks are a fantastic job, and Gardner Minshew has done a great job as the backup coming in for Anthony Richardson and leading this Colts to now a chance to not only make the playoffs, but to win the AFC South. The AFC South right now has a three-way tie between the Colts, Texans, and Jaguars. 
And Jaguars technically leading because of head-to-head, but still it's wide open. And in this game, Gardner Minshew throws three touchdowns, no turnovers, a solid completion percentage, 200 yards. He throws the ball to nine different receivers. And Michael Pittman went down early in this contest. And the fact that he was able to do so much without Michael Pittman just shows how good of a quarterback Gardner Minshew can be. And we have seen it, right? We've seen it all season this year on the Colts. I mean, they're eight and six, eight and six without their true starting quarterback. He's come in and led them to that record. It's special, but he's done a good job in Philadelphia coming in for Jalen Hurts. And he had a good time in Jacksonville as well. I know it came to a screeching halt, but still he was fine there as well. He's a really good game manager. And so I urge teams to pay attention to Gardner Minshew, especially these ones that are starting Jimmy Garoppolo type quarterbacks to just go ahead and get themselves some Gardner Minshew because he really is an NFL starting caliber quarterback. He just is. It's special. He's good. And then I did want to talk about just real quick, DJ Montgomery, who went two had two receptions for 48 yards and a touchdown. Some people are going to be rushing to pick him up. I will say you could do that in your super deep leagues, but I think I'm going to stay away from it. I, I think that I'm going to stay away from it. Pittman should be good. It was just a concussion. We've been seeing some players actually return from this a little bit more. Uh, and DJ Montgomery, undrafted rookie from P State or something like that, PA, whatever, doesn't matter. Uh, but he has a decent workout metrics. He really does, 70th percentile in everything. Uh, but it's just he's had no impact his entire career, really done nothing. Uh, so I'm, I'm not really going to rush to pick him up. I think this is just a one one one-time little game for him. And then lastly on the Colts, uh, the running backs. We've seen Zach, Zach Moss be really good when asked. We've seen Jonathan Taylor have some good games. And now with Zach Moss injured in this contest, we see Trey Sermon and Tyler Goodson have good games. Trey Sermon, 17 carries for 88 yards, and Tyler Goodson, 11 carries for 69 yards. So this, to me, shows that Zach Moss didn't actually become this really good running back overnight and that the Indianapolis Colts have just a really good running back scheme whether it's the run blocking or the play calling or what no matter what it is the Colts running backs are going to succeed Trey Sermon looking this good is really cool and Tyler Goodson out of nowhere is also really cool so if Zach Moss's injury ends up being serious I think both of these guys can be picked up and flexed in your deeper leagues if needed they're more than likely available And that was some good stat lines. I mean, 28 carries total for 150-ish yards between the two. That is not bad going forward. And then lastly in this game, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're just bad at football. They're just bad at football. I feel like every single week we're like, you know, they're the Steelers. They'll probably still win the game. They've got a good defense. They've got a good coach with Mike Tomlin. But no one can be relied on. And it's not just Mitchell Trubisky. Yes, it's going to start with Trubisky, who is not good at football. 16-23, 169 yards, a touchdown and two interceptions. But Jalen Warren, 10 carries for 40 yards. Najee Harris, 12 carries for 33 yards. George Pickens, three receptions for 47. Pat Fryermuth, three receptions for 16. The only one who did anything was Deontay Johnson, who had four receptions for 62 yards and a touchdown. But even then, it's not that inspiring, right? If he doesn't score that touchdown, you're having a really bad day. And you just can't rely on that. Although it's, what, three weeks in a row now with a touchdown, all with Trubisky, so maybe Deontay can be relied on. But Jalen Warren, Najee Harris, it's not good. It's not good. It's not good at all. Uh, So just don't start any of your Steelers going forward. You really can't rely on them. It is what it is. It is what it is. They're just bad. If you want to rely on Deontay Johnson and PPR, sure, but he's not going to get you there. Let's go ahead and check into the chat again. Let's see. Yes, exactly, Anthony. Gardner Minshew needs to be starting somewhere, somewhere. 
next year. I really hope. Um, Michael says he's good enough to start, but not someone you're thrilled about. And this is true. I mean, this is true. Uh, but I mean, look at this. He's leading the Colts into the playoffs right now. And I mean, it's really just Michael Pittman, right? I mean, Alec Pierce isn't that good. Josh Downs has turned into nothing. They have four different tight ends catching the ball. And yet Gardner Minshew is still being really good week in, week out and getting this team some wins. So I really do like Gardner Minshew. Um, let's see. Do we have any questions here on TikTok about this other stuff? No, no. They're just want to know about their own team. We will talk about that later. As always, we'll get to your team questions. But if you have some insider questions about the games that we're talking about, feel free to ask that stuff. Next game was the Lions, Broncos, and guys. I know the Lions had looked rough the last few weeks, but man, are they back. The struggle's over. And it comes at the perfect time as now they're definitely looking like they're going to win their division and have a maybe, uh, you know, the, the home team games in the playoffs. They're looking good. Jared got five touchdown passes. Laporta, three touchdown receptions. Sam Laporta still making his case for being the dynasty tight end one, and I don't blame anyone for saying it. I mean, he looks so, so good. And it's not just yardage like it was for Kyle Pitts years back. It's touchdowns, too. And he's being utilized heavily. Sam Laporta is a fantastic rookie tight end. He is something special and truly is Probably the dynasty tight end one. I, I think at this point it's almost cemented. So so great week from the Lions. And Amon Ross St. Brown, too. He had his first 100-yard game since week 10, had 112 yards and a touchdown. That was really good to see. Just absolutely dismantled the Broncos. And lastly on the Lions, before we talk about the Broncos, Jer Jamison Williams. We've been seeing him play really well in terms of football IQ, making really good run blocks, taking some carries, catching his like one or two targets. But in this game, he actually had the second most targets on the team, had seven targets in this game, his most by far. I think you can combine the his all of his targets over the last like four weeks and it wouldn't even be seven. But he takes in four of those seven targets for 47 yards. I know it's not a ton, but it's just really good to see that type of usage. And I really, really hope it continues. I think we can all agree that Jamison Williams has earned a role in this offense by how good he's been as a blocker and showing up in his limited opportunities. If they actually are going to give him more opportunity, I can't see a world where he fails in 2024. So while you still can, buy Jamison Williams in Dynasty. And on the Broncos, they are a fake playoff team. Everyone thought that they were going to find themselves in the playoff and they had turned into this competitive team, but they're now taking a stumble. And honestly, even with their wins, they didn't look that good. The defense at some point was looking great. Now they don't. And even their offense doesn't look that good. It has been a very uninspiring last few weeks, and I'm not sure it's going to get much better. Russell Wilson, only 200 yards and a touchdown. And both Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton had about 70 yards with no touchdowns. And Javante Williams took his 12 carries for 27 yards. Extremely quiet from the Broncos offense. The defense got completely slaughtered by the Lions offense. And I don't think it's going to get much better. So the Broncos, plain and simple, were a fake playoff team. And they're going to fall out of the race and not end up there. And we're going to turn right back around to questioning the Sean Payton trade, the Russell Wilson trade, and seeing if the Broncos can actually do something in 2024. Because let's face it here. It's not really going to get much better. Sure, they might trade Jerry Judy, which just makes their receiving core a little bit worse, even if he hasn't been that good. And Javante Williams, it just seems that he can't actually be relied upon as a bell cow running back, uh, a really inconsistent. 
and has lost some of his explosiveness due to his injuries. So this Broncos team actually has to rebuild a little bit more than they're leading on, and they don't really have any capital to do so because of the Russell Wilson and Sean Payton trade. So I really don't think it's going to get much better there. It's pretty tough out in Denver, and they're going on a stumble. And I would be very surprised if they end up in the playoffs at this point. I think they're going to end up falling out. The next game, actually, sorry, comments on this. No, Ryan, you benched Jerry Goff. No, <laughs> no, I'm so sorry, man. I'm so sorry. That sucks. For me, started him at Scott Fishbowl. So let's go. <laughs> oh, man. Yep, Broncos are fool's gold. Perfect. Perfect. That is exactly what they are. They were, at least. They were fool's gold. Now they're just, now they're just the Broncos. Silver, if you will. Next, we have Browns. Bears and Joe Flacco guys I know I was not crazy excited about him becoming the starter thought maybe he could be fine at the at the most but I mean he's been really good he's been really good this now he leads this comeback over the Bears whose defense has also come to life over the last few weeks but in this game 374 pass yards that's insane Two touchdowns, and yes, he threw three interceptions but it doesn't really matter as they go on to win the game and he leads a game-winning drive and in a game where none of his running backs had over 20 rush yards, he threw for 374 pass yards. Like, he was asked to sling it, and he did. He had two receivers get over 100 yards and a touchdown. Amari Cooper and David Njoku both looked great. And it starts with the quarterback, Joe Flacco, who's actually playing really well. And I have to ask you guys this. Is Joe Flacco the best Browns quarterback of all time? I know we're only a few games in, but who have the Browns had at quarterback ever? I mean, he's already playing better than Deshaun Watson already did. So Joe Flacco might legit be the best Browns quarterback of all time. It is crazy. It is crazy how well he's playing. And I also don't expect it to slow down at any point. I really do think this Browns team with Joe Flacco is really dangerous for the rest of the season and going to make some noise in the playoffs. So look for Joe Flacco to keep it up. It, it's, it's really cool to see. And then on the Bears, Justin Fields needs some help. He really does. His stat line... 19 of 40, 166 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions. It does him no justice. He played so much better than the stats suggest, but unfortunately his two interceptions and especially one of them could have been a touchdown. Darnell Mooney has it in his hands and then kicks it back up into the air into the Bears safety for an interception on what would have been the game winning Hail Mary. But even then DJ Moore only catches 50 of his targets, four of eight for 52. And then Darnell Mooney, two of eight. For 14 yards. Cole Komet barely did anything any either, even though he scored a touchdown. And none of the running backs really did anything either. Justin Fields is fighting for his life every single week. And I just think the Bears need to move on from him. I really do. Maybe it's biased because I want him in Atlanta, but still they're doing him no justice over there. And I just think it would be best to move on. So Justin Fields, he needs himself some help. His stat line in this game does him no justice. He's really, really good at football. There were some really special plays that he made. And I just love myself some Justin Fields. And I think he deserves more credit than he's getting. I just do. I really do. Flacco for Hall of Fame after the season. Actually, yeah, especially if they win, I would say, a playoff game. If the Browns win a playoff game, Joe Flacco should cement himself in the Hall of Fame. The next football game we had this weekend was the Buccaneers-Packers. And this one was a heartbreaker for Falcons fans all over the world as we needed the Buccaneers to lose. We needed the Saints to lose, who also won. But the Buccaneers, they're a legit playoff team. I don't care that they're 7-7. Seven and seven. They're a really good football team. They beat the Packers here 34-20. to 20, 
And Baker Mayfield has a perfect game, 158.3 passer rating, throws for 381 yards and four touchdowns with no interceptions. Amazing play from him. Rashad White, yet again, a 100-yard game with a touchdown on fire right now. And you would think with Baker Mayfield's perfect game that all of this went to Mike Evans as he's been dominating all year. But Mike Evans only had about 50 yards and a touchdown. It was actually Chris Godwin who's finally showing some life, and it comes at a good time. Chris Godwin, 10 receptions for 155 yards. Awesome. Spectacular. Fantastic. You love to see it, especially getting late into the season. I really do believe that the Buccaneers, at this point, they're going to win the NFC South. It's over for the Falcons, unfortunately. And I think that the Buccaneers could actually win themselves a playoff game in their wild card round at home because they look really good. And it's all sides of the ball, too. So while they're 7-7, seven and seven, they're a legit playoff team. They're a really good football team. They looked amazing. And it was everywhere. Chris Scott, Mike Evans, Rashad White, Baker Mayfield. That's what you want to see, especially now in week 15, heading into the playoffs. You need your studs to start showing up. And they've finally done it. So the Buccaneers looking good for the Packers. This is going to be a debate all offseason, and it will not be answered. Tucker Craft or Luke Musgrave, who would you rather have in Dynasty? A few weeks ago, Luke Musgrave was a top 10 Dynasty tight end, looking to be a true stud on the Packers locking down everything, but Tucker Craft, in the absence of Luke Musgrave, has looked so good and has a nose for the end zone. In this game, 4 of 6 for 57 yards and a touchdown, leading all Packers receivers in yards. It was really, really good. And Tucker Craft is a good athlete. They spent decent draft capital on him. And him being a rookie along with Luke Musgrave doesn't mean that just because Luke Musgrave got higher draft capital that they are loyal to Luke Musgrave as the main starter. Both of them can do things, and both of them are pretty good at football. And so I think that this is much closer in terms of their dynasty rankings that a lot of people are going to be suggesting. And I really do think that this is an open conversation going into 2024. So if you can get Tucker Craft for cheap, still do so. And if you can get Luke Musgrave for cheap, do so. Because I think both of these guys are going to be fed next season, and the Packers offense is going to keep slinging it as it has, even if there's a lot of mouths to feed. I think everyone can be decent. Romeo Dubs, Jaden Reed, Tucker Craft, Luke Musgrave, Christian Watson, whoever. They can catch the passes. They can score touchdowns. And it's really cool to see so many weapons on the Packers offense, which really just leads me to say, bye Jordan Love and Dynasty, because he's only going to get better from here. And finally, Jaden Reed, he's a true talent. He's so good at football. Six of eight, 52 yards and a touchdown yet again. He's had no like splash games. But he has been so consistent this year in spite of no splashes. He has no 100-yard games. But he has a couple two-touchdown games. He's finding the end zone frequently. And he's getting a ton of volume. So Jaden Reed has been an absolute smash at his ADP. Has been a, done a great job based on people who drafted him at the second round. And is just looking really good. And he is, uh, with Christian Watson uh, playing, he's number two in this offense in terms of targets. I think he's past Romeo Dubs at this point. So let's just give a little clap to Romeo Dubs. Or not Romeo Dubs, sorry, Jaden Reed. Let's go Jaden Reed. Because, he, I mean, he's just playing really well. You'll love to see it. The next game we had was Texans-Titans, or as we could say, based on the uniforms, Oilers-Titans, two Houston teams going at it. And the Texans end up winning this game with Case Keenum. So good for them. And it comes off the heels of Devin Singletary, who's hashtag good at football. I admittedly was really worried about Devin Singletary in this game. I didn't know how often Case Keenum would dump it off. 
I didn't know how the score would go. Didn't know if they'd be able to run the ball. Yada, 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 yada. Talk myself out of death starting Devin Singletary in a league. But he went off 26 carries for 121 yards and 49 receiving yards off of four receptions. An amazing stat line. And to make it even better, no running back on the Texans had more than one carry. So this is Devin Singletary's backfield going forward. And he could be started with or without C.J. Stroud. And that's amazing to hear for people who have Devin Singletary still sitting on their bench for the rest of the playoffs. He's going to be good rest of season. And Noah Brown will also be good because he's also hashtag good at football. Eight receptions for 82 yards and a touchdown. And this is something we've seen really all season from him, but especially here and there, had some spike weeks. And I just that's who he is, right? Noah Brown is just good at football. He's a reliable receiver. And to see him do this without C.J. Stroud inspires so much confidence because, yes, Nico Collins might be back next week. But that just means that Noah Brown will have even less coverage on him. And then if Nico Collins is out again, then we're talking about Noah Brown being the main receiver with C.J. Stroud returning off of his concussion. So Noah Brown is looking like someone that you should be able to acquire for pretty cheap to help you over the top in your fantasy football playoffs because he's really good at football and he's going to continue to get usage. And on the other side, the Titans. We'll start with Will Levis. He's solid, but I'm worried about the Titans' uh, future because you look around and things just don't look great. Derrick Henry has completely fallen off a cliff, and I hate to say it. I know he's done this a couple times this season where he's had really bad games and he backs it up, but this is now actually, even last week with his good game, really just not efficient. In this game, he becomes the first player in NFL history to have 20 carries or 20 touches, 20 touches and less than 15 total yards. The first player in NFL history. He had 20 touches in this game and had 10 yards. That's just terrible. That's just terrible. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Derrick Henry getting dusty, not looking good. A lot of it's going to be the Tennessee Titans offensive line, but still, Derrick Henry used to be able to be okay with a bad offensive line, and now he's not. And really, there's not much inspiring confidence on this whole team. I do, like I said, I think Will Levis is solid. I think he's going to be the starting quarterback next year. Uh, in this game, no passing touchdowns, but he had almost 200 yards, and then he had a rushing touchdown. So, I mean, he's doing it. He's doing okay. I mean, they scored 16 points, only lost by a field goal. So I think he's fine. But no one's really doing him any favors around him. And it's not like the Titans are going to be able to do much around him next year either. They don't have a ton of cap room. They have a little bit of draft capital. But they're going to have to move on from Derrick Henry. And I think they should probably move on from DeAndre Hopkins too. Because let's face it, he's just not playing that well. He's had a couple spike weeks. But in this one in particular, only brought in two of his nine targets for 21 yards. It's just not good. Uh, and In fact, Traylon Burks was the leading receiver in this game out of nowhere, 62 receiving yards. So that's something to keep your eye on. But still, this Tennessee Titans team is going to look really different next year. Derrick Henry's kind of dusty. DeAndre Hopkins isn't doing enough to warrant being on the on a rebuilding team next year. So both of those guys should be gone. And then we're just talking about, again, Chigo Conquo and Traylon Burks being the main guys. And is that really that exciting? Is it really that exciting? No. No, it, it really, really isn't. So that's the Texans-Titans game. Let's hop back in to the chat. Why did someone on your teams drop Purdy? That's crazy. That's crazy. Yes, the Titans definitely should have traded Derrick Henry before the trade deadline. I don't know why they didn't. I don't know why they rolled on to that guy. Uh, I know it's Derrick Henry, and he's kind of the identity of this team. But, I mean, Tajay Spears has done enough to inspire confidence 
to just roll with him. And I mean, they like themselves. Uh, oh my God, what is his name? The other backup running back on the team. Just going to say that they like him a lot too. So I don't know. It seemed weird that they rolled with Derrick Henry. It'll be cool to see him somewhere else next year. Next game we have is the Dolphins-Jets. The Dolphins win this game 30-0, to and there's really nothing to talk about for the Jets besides just bench them all rest of season. No one in this game had more than 30 yards, and no one in this game had more than four receptions. That's something you can't rely on. And Zach Wilson turned right back into a pumpkin after a big game. So just bench your Jets rest of season. Don't even worry about it. If they go off on your bench, oh well. Just forget about the Jets. They suck. Now, the Dolphins, two things. Raheem Mostert, I know we've said it week in, week out, but total stud. This is now a sixth game with two or more touchdowns. What an unbelievable stat. Six games with two or more touchdowns as a 31-year-old running back. So just we've got we've to give a round of applause to Raheem Mostert. It's fantastic stuff what he's doing this season. He has brought so many teams through the fantasy football season, now through the playoffs. And he's not slowing down as Devon Achan barely got any usage. It didn't look as good. I mean, Raheem Mostert, just a total stud. And then another question that had to be answered is, can Jalen Waddle replace Tyreek Hill? And the answer is yes. Jalen Waddle in this game without Tyreek Hill against Sauce Gardner, 8 of 9 for 142 yards and a touchdown. Great game. Sorry for telling you guys not to start him. Tried to get a little too hot there. But just what a game from him. And to make it even more crazy. No one on the Dolphins had more than four targets or 32 receiving yards. So again, nine targets and 142 receiving yards, more than 100 yards, more than the next person, double the amount of targets than anyone on the team. Let's go, Jalen Waddle. We still have a few more games to talk about, guys, but before we get into that, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the Dynasty Dominator. Now, I know many of you are looking for a secret weapon for your Dynasty League, and I have it. It's called the Dynasty Dominator app. You go to the App Store, go to Google Play. It's right there. It's $5 to download, and then every year it's $5 to load the next incoming class of rookies. You can add Superflex, add tight end premium. It's incredible because it allows you to look up players. It allows you to vote on whether a player is a buy, hold, or sell, and then see the market sentiment on that player. And you can compare their lifetime value rating from Player Profiler to their Dynasty ADP at the FFPC, all in the price lookup tool. And beyond that, we have a trade analyzer. So you'll never lose another Dynasty trade again. And in our settings, you can set, this is a win now team, this is a rebuilding team. And then we let you compare players. Look at their metrics side by side. Prospect metrics, NFL metrics. It's all there. It's five bucks in the app store. There's some add-ons for Superflex and to buy the upcoming rookie class. Every year, you're going to spend $5 on this thing. And it's going to be well worth it. All right. And I see a question here on the YouTube chat. Your thoughts on Jamal Agnew. We will talk about that when we get to the Jaguars game. The next game we have is Chiefs-Patriots. The Chiefs, right? How the mighty fall. Yes, they win this game. But it's just... What are Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey really doing out there? I know that Patrick Mahomes is being let down by his receivers. It is what it is. But even Travis Kelsey doesn't look that great. Now, Patriots have Kyle Duggar, who's really good at covering tight ends. But still, this Chiefs team is just not the Chiefs team that we became used to over the last few seasons. And it's kind of sad to watch. Yes, they're still a very competitive team. And yes, they'll probably win a game or two in the playoffs. And I mean, they still have a chance to make the Super Bowl. They're still the Chiefs. But something's just off there. And it's kind of weird to watch. It kind of is. But 
What's very inspiring is rookie Rasheed Rice. My God, this guy has had a fantastic season. Here's a stat. Rasheed Rice now has more receiving yards this year than Sky Moore, Kadarius Toney, and Marcus Valdez-Scantling combined. Combined. Rasheed Rice is just on fire this year. And in this game, he brought in all nine of his targets for 91 yards and a touchdown. This dude is a true dynasty asset, a stud, and going to be well worth whatever price he even is right now going forward as Travis Kelsey's only getting older and all the rest of the receivers on the Chiefs suck. He's going to be a huge piece of this offense for the rest of his career, for the rest of Patrick Mahomes' career. So congratulations to everyone that has him because he's a stud. He really, really is. And the the the, the Chiefs running backs, no Pacheco, not a big deal. Clyde Edwards, hilarious. Not so funny anymore. He's getting the last laugh with 13 carries for 37 yards, four receptions for 64 yards and a touchdown. And then Jarek McKinnon, seven touches for 30 yards and a touchdown as well. So both of these guys were decent fantasy football producers in the absence of Pacheco. Very surprising. Do want Pacheco back, though. However, I'm curious. I will definitely be curious to see how they split up the usage in Pacheco's return because I do think that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and McKinnon now have showed that they need at least both to get, you know, four or five touches every single game because they do have some explosiveness. They're good at catching the ball. Uh, and, and, and so I would like to see them get a little bit of usage as much as a big Isaiah Pacheco fan I am. I think these guys are doing enough to earn some sort of touches, especially since the rest of the receivers suck. I wouldn't mind. If the Andy Reid was like, all right, we're running three running backs. We've got Isaiah Pacheco in the backfield. We've got uh, Jerick McKinnon and Clyde Odo Tolaire lined up in the slot or something. I don't know. But either way, these running backs earning themselves some snaps going forward for sure. So might not rely on Pacheco next week if he does return. And then for the Patriots, not much to say. They just suck. They're just terrible. I know the Chiefs defense is good and Bailey Zappi looked all right last week, but this is right back to just, you can't trust the Patriots, especially now in the playoffs. Just bench them, and if they go off, they go off. Oh, well. Same same like I said about the Jets. You know, you just can't trust it. You might be able to trust Hunter Henry, who's been slightly consistent, and he's at tight end, a position that has a little bit of concerns anyway. And in this game, seven receptions for 66 yards and a touchdown. You can't complain about that. So if you want to bet, if you want to rely on a Patriot, his name is Hunter Henry. Otherwise, Ezekiel Elliott let down a ton of managers this week. Demario Douglas let down managers, and we're not going to rely on Devontae Parker. So just, just stay away from the Patriots, to be completely honest. Just stay away. It's not worth it. Let's see. Six comments here. Let's check it out. What are you guys saying about this? Um, let's see. Chiefs are doing the Ali rope-a-dope. They'll be ready for playoffs. This is definitely possible. I mean, just tiring out everyone, just kind of sneaking through and then ready to make some noise in the playoffs, hopefully. I do definitely agree that this is probably what Travis Kelsey's doing. I bet that they're just saving Travis Kelsey for the playoffs, uh, but still um, not the best of team. And they're going to have to have some superhero performances for Patrick Mahomes if they want any chances in the playoffs. But I mean, hey, if you're going to ask any player to be a superhero, Patrick Mahomes is definitely the best one to ask that. So don't look for the don't count the Chiefs out, I would say. But there's definitely some concerns here. The next game we have is the Giants Saints. And again, the Falcons needed the Saints to lose, but they won. They actually they actually kind of slaughtered the Saints, uh, or the Giants, 24-6. And the Giants are back to being cold. Tommy Cutlets did really nothing in this game. And no one scored a touchdown. No touchdowns for the Giants in this game. 
and even Saquon Barkley sucks. So I would say sell low on Saquon Barkley, to be completely honest with you, or maybe buy low. I don't know. It's a weird one. But if you can get a nice return for Saquon Barkley, I guess I would say sell high. If you can still get Saquon Barkley name value return, I would do it. Uh, because in this game, nine carries for 14 yards and two receptions for 23, just not explosive. He's lost some efficiency. He really, really has. And so I would look to be moving on from him, especially as we're now in the most important part of the season. If your trade deadline hasn't passed and you can maybe use him for another win now piece, or if you're already out of the playoffs because he burned you, just get a get a first round pick. Just move on. Because I don't know. He doesn't look the same. The Giants don't look that good. Um, and they're cold again. They're really cold again. And the only player that had 40 yards on this team was Darius Slayton. And is anyone really going to rely on Darius Slayton? Let's be honest here. So I don't know what to say about the Giants besides, damn, the Tommy Cutlets thing was fun while it lasted. On the Saints, their car might be better without Chris Olave. It's strange, but he had no turnovers in this game. He only had five incompletions and he had three touchdowns. And he spread the ball around to 10 different receivers. So it was really, really good. Derek Carr looked special without Chris Olave, which is concerning. <laughs> Very concerning. When Chris Olave comes back, do you really want to start him? When now Derek Carr is learning that he can just spread the ball around. Jawan Johnson finally scored a touchdown. Taysom Hill got a little involved. Rashid he got a little involved. Alvin Kamara had another 100-yard game. What do you, I mean, is Olave really going to get a ton of volume when he returns? Probably not. Probably not. It's really, really interesting to see. Kind of concerning as well. But Derek Carr, better without Chris Olave, for sure. <laughs> Is Aaron Rodgers worth picking up this week? We'll talk about that. Uh, we already talked about the Jets a little bit. So I'll just say, no, he's not coming back. Olave is also better without Carr. This is true. This is true. He leads the league right now in unrealized air yards. And it's not even close. So uh, Chris Olave, Derek Carr, not a match made in heaven, unfortunately. Next game we have is the Panthers-Falcons, and it's over, guys. It's over. The, the Falcons had a chance here. And as you can see from my overlay, I made the Falcons logo really tiny. Um, I'm tired of it. I'm sad. <laughs> it's a rough game. How do you lose to the Panthers? How do you only score seven points against the Panthers? <laughs> How do you lose to the Panthers? How do you lose to the Panthers? How? How do you lose to the Panthers? I will say, I'm almost glad they lost to the Panthers because that's a fireable offense. I listened to 92.9. The Falcons local radio station, the, the Atlanta sports radio here, 92.9 The Game. Great station, great hosts, really great sports radio, like genuinely some fantastic people doing some good talk show stuff. But last week, listening to them, and they were, you know, previewing this Falcons-Panthers game. And, you know, they were talking about how sorry they were for being excited about the Falcons this season, how disappointed they were in Bijan Robinson's usage and Kyle Pitt's usage and Drake London's usage. But they had been inspired because last week the Falcons looked the best they had all season. And, yes, they lost, but they looked really good. And they looked good because they ran the offense through Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and Bijan Robinson. But they lost the game, and I think that put Arthur Smith in his head. Because after giving Kyle Pitts six targets, Drake London 11 targets, Bijan Robinson 15 touches, and they look the best they have all season, he completely flips the script. He gives Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson a combined 20 touches and only gives the ball to Bijan eight times. He only gets Kyle Pitts four targets. Drake London only gets three targets. 
Jonathan Smith finishes the day as the leading receiver. It is not what you want to see. So fire Arthur Smith. And that's where the 92-9 tangent came from because they were talking about how they'd been an Arthur Smith defender. And they like Arthur Smith. They have him in the studio every week to interview him. And he's a like he does a lot. He answers their questions very honestly. I've listened to a couple of these interviews. But that's a fireable offense. You do not lose to the Panthers with the division on the line. The Falcons could have won this game and still won the next few games and ended up winning the division. But now it's completely out of their hands and it's over because both the Saints and the Buccaneers won and the Buccaneers in particular look really good. And so the season is over for the Falcons. And unfortunately, all the reports we're seeing is that Arthur Smith still has his job next season. I hope things have changed. I hope losing to the Panthers wakes up Arthur Blank because this guy sucks. He sucks. You do not, with the division on the line, give the ball to Bijan, Kyle Pitts, and Drake London only a combined 15 times. That's right. Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and Bijan Robinson only had a combined 15 potential targets, right? That wasn't even total touches. They had less touches than that. <laughs> and Tyler Algier had 25 more touches uh, between Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson. Let me just rephrase this. Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson combined for more touches than Bijan Robinson, Drake London, and Kyle Pitts. That's a fireable offense. Get Arthur Smith out of here and bring in someone who can actually run this offense with all these weapons because it is just tiring seeing them fail and fail and fail. But the Panthers. Rip Miles Sanders. Rip, rest in peace, Miles Sanders. Only six carries and two receptions for a total of 13 yards, whereas Chuba Hubbard had 24 touches for 103 yards. Chuba Hubbard's just really good at football. He is the true running back to own here, and Miles Sanders sucks. I don't know what they're going to do about that contract, but he's dust. He's not good at football. He just isn't. This is Chuba Hubbard's backfield, so congratulations to people that have Chuba. And Bryce Young, not a good game here, but he's going to be okay. I'm saying it again. This is the bottom of Bryce Young's uh, market. This is the floor. He's going to be fine. In this game, he had no turnovers. He threw the ball to eight different receivers, and he led a game-winning drive. And in fact, on that game-winning drive, went six for six, completing all of his passes. That is clutch factor. That's what you want to see from your quarterback. So Bryce Young, he's going to get better as the Panthers get him some more weapons and upgrade this offensive line just a little bit. Just a little bit. Two words, Jason, Arthur Smith. It's true. It's true. It's true. As a Panthers fan, Falcon should keep Arthur. No. <laughs> no. Next game, Rams Commanders. I can't believe there are so many football games. Rams Commanders was a fun one. This was actually a very fun game, 28 to 20. And it wasn't fun until the end. Sam Howell got benched in this game. And I'm not sure he's going to get another chance because when he got benched, Jacoby Brissett came in and looked really good. 8 for 10, 124 yards, and two touchdowns, feeding it to Terry McLaurin, who was phenomenal. He finishes the day 6 of 12 for 141 yards and a touchdown, most of that coming from Jacoby Brissett at the end of the game. And Curtis Samuel scored a touchdown from Jacoby Brissett as well. So I think Jacoby Brissett earned himself the starting job with this performance, and it's unfortunate as Sam Howell had been really good for fantasy football purposes, not so much real football purposes, uh, and had brought a lot of teams into the playoffs, and then let him down in this week. It's unfortunate, but it's looking like Brissett's going to be the guy, which means you should be able to start Terry McLaurin rest of the season because, man, Jacoby Brissett liked Terry McLaurin a lot. And then another question that had to be answered in this game was, 
What's going to happen without Brian Robinson? Well, as we all expected, Chris Rodriguez, 10 touches for 35 or 10 carries for 35 yards. He's the running back they rely on without Brian Robinson. And then Antonio Gibson got some touches as well, five receptions and four carries. So that's what they're going to do. Chris Rodriguez is going to run the ball. Antonio Gibson's going to be mixed in every once in a while as a receiver and a couple carries, but not much to get excited about. Unfortunate because there was some potential there that Antonio Gibson could be the bell cow, but no, it's Chris Rodriguez. And then for the Rams, welcome back, Cooper Cup. Eight of eight, 111 yards and a touchdown. Kywin Williams, still Kywin Williams, 27 carries for 150 yards and a touchdown, as well as five receptions. Just killing it. He's so good at football. Out of nowhere, he's my biggest surprise on the season. Let's go, Kywin Williams. And Demarcus Robinson, he might just be a thing. Two of three for 44 yards and a touchdown. Had a touchdown last week as well. Kind of filling in for Tutu Atwell. But still, he's playing well, scoring when he's asked to. And that's going to keep earning him roles. So pick him up in your deeper leagues and see what you can do about it. Next game, 49ers, Cardinals. And this one was interesting. We talked about it on the Mind of Mansion. The Cardinals were 13 and a half home dogs. But the 49ers are just so good at football. They win the game by 16 points, 45 to 29. Brock Purdy. Oh my gosh, my nose is itching. I'm really sorry, guys. Um, Brock Purdy is the MVP. He just is. He's so good at football. In this game, 16 to 25, 16 to 25, 240 yards and four touchdowns with no turnovers. Christian McCaffrey gets two of those receiving touchdowns. Debo Samuel gets two of those receiving touchdowns. Brock Purdy on the year leads the leagues in yards per attempt, fantasy points per dropback, play action completion percentage, red zone completion percentage, clean pocket completion percentage. QB rate, expected points added, deep ball catchable pass rate, passer rating, completion percentage, both of those against man coverage, just shredding defenses. He's also top three in both pass yards and pass touchdowns. And what's the most special about Brock Purdy is he's hyper-efficient. Believe it or not, he only has 13.5 expected points per game, which is the 26th highest. But he's turned those 13.5 expected points into 19.8 points per game, which is the fifth highest points per game in the entire league. Just an absolute phenomenal season from him. He is a true, true MVP and deserves the award. He's so good at football. Let's give it to Brock Purdy. And then on the Cardinals side of the ball, two takeaways here. James Conner is so much better than people give him credit for. I know people rely on him and uh, tout him as a bell cow, but he's actually just really, really good. Against the 49ers, he has 14 carries for 86 yards and a touchdown. Against the 49ers, that's a feat. Just really, really good. I know he's older, but a lot of people just, there's a take that like people just don't like or respect James Conner enough, in my opinion. And then also, Trey McBride is a top five dynasty tight end. He just is. He really, really is. He's really good. He is commanding an obscene amount of targets and he's doing a ton with it. And the Cardinals are going to keep running their offense through him. This game, 11 targets, brought in 10 of them for 102 yards. And no one on this team had more than four targets or 45 yards. So almost tripling anyone on the team in targets and doubling or tripling anyone on the team in yards. And it's been like that really all season since he's broke out. He is just dominating the opportunity share in this team. Just phenomenal. He's a top five dynasty tight end. Trey McBride, get him wherever you can. The next game we have is the Bills Cowboys. And this was interesting. I really thought this would be a shootout, but no. 
But no, the Bills dismantled the Cowboys and win 31 to 10. And it wasn't even Josh Allen who had a pretty quiet day. It was James Cook who is turning into a league winner. 25 carries for 179 yards and a touchdown and 42 receiving yards with another touchdown with Joe Brady. He has had 100 yards and 16 fantasy points in every single game with Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator. He is a true stud, and he is turning into a league winner. What a guy. And he's at this point, I thought at some point the Bills might replace him just because they'll always find themselves at the end of drafts. But I don't see why they would. I mean, they're running the offense through him, and he is paying them back handsomely. Looking really, really good. James Cook is a league winner. And then the Cowboys... No takeaways here. They looked bad. I think they'll bounce back. But we do have to give a round of applause for C.D. Lamb, who is refusing to let down his fantasy managers. Yes, he only had 53 receiving yards, but he had seven receptions, and he had a rushing touchdown. So we still got you there. C.D. Lamb's a true stud. Love that guy. Helping out his managers even when, you know, no one else on the Cowboys does. So, Weird game, but let's go James Cook, who's looking like a league winner. And uh, C.D. Lamb, thank you. Thank you for your service. Lastly, Ravens-Jaguars. This was disappointing, I would say. The Jaguars did not look good. Tough sledding all around for the Jaguars. Uh, but I do have some positive takeaways from Trevor Lawrence. 264 pass yards and a touchdown, which is good. But 41 rush yards, which is really good. That's exactly what you want to see from a guy who is battling a high ankle sprain. He's healthy. He's good to go. Yes, they lose this game, but he had some sparks. Um, so I'm expecting Trevor Lawrence, even though he ended up in concussion protocol after the game, to bounce back and look good rest of season and to carry some teams. Uh, the Ravens defense is just really good. And I think it's at this point going to be a Ravens 49er Super Bowl. Both of those teams just look head and shoulders above the rest of the teams. Uh, and then, so someone asked earlier, what do I think about Jamal Agnew? He was the only Jaguar to really do anything in this game at 70 yards and a touchdown, but he only had two targets. So if you had Jamal Agnew and started him last week or this week, you were happy, but you're not going to be able to start Jamal Agnew any, any other time. I'm not going to recommend picking him up. He's a gadget player who's sometimes going to have some good games, but he's not a reliable player. Um, so yeah. So yeah. And lastly for the Ravens, um, as I've said, as I've said a few times now, Lamar Jackson is just really the only Raven you can trust. The ball gets spread around so much, and Lamar Jackson just gets all the opportunities, really. Not only did he have 171 pass yards and a touchdown, but he also had 97 rush yards, leading all the Ravens running backs with 12 carries as well. Now, Gus Edwards had some more carries, but only 58 yards and a touchdown. It's just Lamar Jackson's so good, and he takes away rushing from the running backs, and then he spreads the ball around to too many different wide receivers. In this game, he chose Isaiah Likely, who you can probably rely on rest of season just because he's a tight end. Five of six for 70 yards and a touchdown. But both Odell Beckham and Zay Flowers only had a reception each after both had kind of been on fire. That is not what you want to see. I expect them to bounce back next week, hopefully. But it's concerning, and it takes away some trust that had finally been earned from these guys who had been earning lots of targets. But in fact, they were actually outproduced by Rashad Bateman. So it's just concerning. It's hard to predict. I would say the only Raven that you can truly rely on is Lamar Jackson. And now with Keaton Mitchell's injury, Gus the Bus Edwards, and probably Isaiah Likely, just because he's a tight end. But Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham, I don't think should be locked in as 
wide receivers, starters every single week. I think they need to be looked at as flex options going forward. Now, let's see. Yeah, you could definitely trust Gus now with Keaton Mitchell out. Cool. That is all the games. Let's really quickly go ahead and check to see if you guys have any questions. Let me check over here on Instagram. I'm sorry, guys. Your, your questions did not show on the YouTube StreamYard chat. But would you rather have Sam Howell or Jordan Love? Definitely Jordan Love. Do you like the Jets defense in the fantasy playoffs? Yes. You're down by one in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, it's Swift versus DK Metcalf. Probably give me the Metcalf side. But if Hertz is out, we could be looking at a Swift smash game. Would you keep or trade A.J. Dillon? I would trade A.J. Dillon. Is Terry McLaurin back? Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, cool. Looks like we gave some bad start sit advice. That happens. Sometimes you sometimes you miss. It's tough. It's tough to get them all right. But at least thank you for, you know, going with it. Let's see. Now let's check some YouTube questions over here. Um, you need 21 PPR points from JSN. I'll be wishing you luck. I'll be wishing you luck, Ryan. Uh, seems unlikely, but it's possible. Um, let's see. Will JT be coming back? Yes. Jonathan Taylor will 100% be back, and I would probably say next week. I would probably say next week. Um, let's see. Will Swift get the job done? I think so. I think so. I, I think that Swift's going to have a good game today. The Eagles need to rely on him, especially if Hurts is less than 100% or if he's out. Let's see. Um, just lots of, I need players that score a lot tonight. Do you pivot from, uh, if Hertz doesn't go tonight, do I pivot to Mariota or JSN? I might just go Mariota. I might just go Mariota, but if it's full PPR, you could probably go with JSN. But I think one thing to note about Mariota is that the Eagles offense isn't going to change too much. I mean, he's still going to get some design carries. They can probably still run the tush push with him, and he's got good weapons. So as long as he doesn't turn the ball over, which honestly, that's something he does. Like, he just does not turn the ball over a lot. He kind of manages the game really well. Uh, he's just not very explosive. So I think Mariota would actually have a pretty decent floor today if Hurts doesn't go. So that's my thoughts on that. My thoughts on Josh Palmer. I was very surprised that he looked that good with Easton Stick, but if Keenan Allen's going to continue to be out, you basically just got to start Josh Palmer because he's going to get volume. Is a third-round pick too much for Tucker Craft and a Superflex tight end premium? If it's a late third, I would do it. I would go ahead and do it. And that looks to be it. So, I all right, here we go. What are your thoughts on the rumors the Patriots are moving on from Belichick this season? It looks like they are. Um, I still think Bill Belichick's one of the greatest football minds to ever do it, but it looks like he will be moving on from the Patriots. All right, guys, that seems to do it. A lot of you are just asking, you know, if, if you know, I think their team can win and that you need some points for some people. So I'm just going to say this. I hope your team wins. I wish you the best of luck. I hope all of your players and Monday Night Miracles come true. If you guys, for me, could put your hands up in the sky and just yell, Devontae Smith ceiling game. We really need a Slim Reaper ceiling game. I'm playing against A.J. Brown in a league, so I don't need a big A.J. Brown week. And then I have Devontae Smith and Scott Fishbowl and another one of my playoff leagues that I need a really big game from him. So if we could all put our hands together, put them up in the sky, and just say, let's wish for a nice Devontae Smith ceiling game. Let's go Slim Reaper. Thank you all so much for tuning in. 
You guys are a fantastic audience. Love spending my mornings with you guys every single morning. And I hope to see you all again tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern on the Player Profile, their YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Have a fantastic day, a magnificent Monday, and a wonderful rest of your week. Peace.